When I was closing out this message, uh, you're going to notice that uh, from time to time I'll do this thing called mixtape, and it's just songs that meant a lot to me or songs from my past, uh, and maybe you'll remember some of them, and sometimes songs that are uh, secular, it's not necessarily that they have to be uh, out of the church or written by somebody. Some people uh, experience things that can help us even in, this, in the secular world that I love that have taught me great lessons. But I was actually, as I was closing it out, I was uh, traveling to New York. Hey, can somebody get the lights for me? And uh, I was traveling to uh, New York and, and I was in the airport. And there is something in America uh, and probably all over the world that is being taught from the pulpit of churches that I think is incorrect. And sometimes I really feel strongly that we need to make sure what we're learning is biblical, not man-made. And that is this whole thought of remembering your change. And and, uh, and uh, this Wednesday, uh, most of you are going to be doing, for those of you who go to community group, you're going to be doing the Lord's Supper as a community group. And they will come together as a body and do the Lord's Supper here uh, together next, uh, next Sunday. And uh, uh, a lot of people teach that they want you to go back to the cross and remind yourself of the guilt and shame of what happened there, that that is your fault. And it's that Jesus chose to die for us. Okay? We, we, he did take on all our sin, but what happens is people want to bring us to that spot and leave us there. And that's what's wrong. Uh, we should always go to the cross And I'll explain this in just a few minutes. When we go to the Lord's Supper, and we should feel the weight, but the weight should always lead to freedom. And I'll explain that. But even in, uh, people love to teach about the wrath of God. It's good to teach about the wrath of God, but I want to remind you that the wrath of God, the word wrath was used in Hebrew and Greek about 158 times that the word life, peace, uh, uh, hope, those words are well over 500 times that we're using scriptures. Those are the things we should focus on. If we leave the church feeling guilty, that's okay sometimes because God's disciplining us. But we should also, by the time we reach the door, know that God died for whatever we did. And that's where we should walk out in freedom. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. And I, I, I just, it, 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 it breaks my heart as I see this movement that's being taught that, listen, God's not going to forgive you unless you forgive somebody else. That is not true. God's not going to be good to you unless you're good to other people. That's not true. God is just good, period, whether or not you choose to be good, right? And he's always going to pursue you. And the pursuit is out of what he did, in the, did at the cross for us. And what he did is he made us right before God. That's why I think more should be taught about the freedom and the grace and the love of Christ more than ever should be taught about the, the wrath of God. The wrath of God is covered. Everybody look at me. I am no longer under the wrath of God because I was saved at 14. And the chain that he released me from was the chain of not knowing he was and the obedience of my life being obedient to him. And then he broke the chain of a fatherless life and then he broke the chain of all these different things. And I remember those chains, but I don't stay there. Too many times people uh, like to be negative, right? We do it with our spouses. 
right? We bring up the past. Hey, you remember that chain? And we keep bringing it. We, we do it with, with our children. Oh, yeah, remember what happened last time? Yeah, yeah, we're naturally negative people. So for those of you who know me, I'm a little weird. I began only because, uh, <laughs> only because I, I guess I, I began to eavesdrop while I was in the airports and on the subway. I did. I began to really pay attention to what people were saying. But you could only catch a glimpse of it because usually they were walking by. You know what I mean? So, but whatever was said, I wrote down. And I had my little iPhone when I didn't have my phone with me. Somebody would say something. I'd go, oh, that's a good one. I felt like I, I, I was you know, recording it because I wanted to see how people think. I think I know how people think. We normally go dark in our thinking. Yeah, we don't we we normally go really if you're going, oh, not me, you're one of the few, because if somebody's late, you immediately go, oh, my gosh, what's happened instead of, oh, maybe they picked up a gift for me. You know, you never think of those things. You always think of the negative. Uh, And so I just began to pay attention. I wrote down a few. Now, let me help you understand. They're not going to be as lively as that was said, because some of the adjectives they use, I will not use here from uh, the deal. So I'll use different words, but you can use your imagination if you want. Uh, I heard somebody say on the phone, she's a giant. She's too tall. My God, 6'5", that's too tall. Isn't that nice? I don't wonder if it was her friend or uh, her daughter. I don't know. Uh, uh, I just don't want, want to be the person that stresses the team out. You see the negativity of that? What am I going to do to the team? I mean, these are just comments. But, um, okay, I'll take the adjective out. She beat the crud out of him, and he deserved it. She ought to do it again. I mean, this is what I'm hearing. This is our favorite. We were together when we heard this one. I'll take the adjective out, but it, it says, and she was honest. She said, boy, he's a terrible husband, but he's a wonderful father. <laughs> you know, but the wonderful, terrible was also a bad word. Um, I mean, you know, really, you know, cussing just adds life to it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, uh, it really does sometimes. Um, it says, uh, we cheat because of temptation. We're just low lives. Uh, oh, here's one, and this was in this was in line when we lined up around the block to four blocks around the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, and this was two people behind me. It says they're all idiots. They don't even know that they're idiots. So that was while we were going to church. So maybe God could help them out. And then I like this one. Uh, a guy walking by says, and this is not all of them. I got a bunch. Uh, one guy said, "Stupid people are everywhere." You know, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, stupid people are everywhere. And then this one, that says, I never liked her at all. Never liked her. So I, I want you to know that we normally go dark. And when it comes to even our Christian life and what Jesus did on the cross, it feels like we have to stay there at the cross. So I'm going to read some scripture. And we're going to read a lot. So take your Bibles or it will be up here. And we're going to read out of Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 7 and Romans uh, chapter uh, 8. And I'm going to read all of it. And so I want us to understand that Paul was writing. If you read the first, here, here's the deal. If you read the first uh, six chapters of Romans, it's not, I mean, it's good. 
but it's not good for us. It's talking about how bad we are. It's talking about the, the wrath of God is upon us. It's talking about the law and that we couldn't live it and that God will give us over to our sinful state if he wants to. And if we choose to do it, there will finally be a time where he says, go have fun. But the minute you call me back, I'm going to come to you. And it's real interesting. So my whole goal for you today is that you think about what's being told to you, how you're, maybe you're lying to yourself or whether you're listening to other things that aren't true uh, that once were true about you, but that are no longer true about you. And whether you want to walk in freedom or you just want to just go back and remember your chains and then decide to wear the chains again, to pick them up and to put them on. And that's what we do. It says this in Romans chapter 7, and I'm going to go very quickly. It says, uh, now, dear brothers and sisters, you are familiar with the law. Don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example... Now watch this. This is the law, Mosaic law. When a woman marries, uh, the law binds binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, well, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. That's the way it was. But so while her husband is alive, well, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. That was the law, right? But if her husband dies, well, she's free from the law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. See, the law was helpful, but we died to that. The minute I came to Christ, we died to that. There are many people that have gotten married, okay, divorced, got married again, and they actually still believe that they are committing adultery. Right? No. That was the law. We are no longer under that law because you died in the power of the law when you died in Christ. I mean, I'm serious. There are people living with that. They come to me and go, why do I feel so guilty? And I'll go, because people are reminding you of it, and you are reminding yourself, but you no longer are on the law. It says this, and now you are united with one who raised from, who raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. So we can, even though we've sinned, even though we've messed up, we can, because Christ is in us, uh, have a harvest of good deeds for God in our life. After the fact, right? After you put all the drugs in your body, after you've poured pornography down your life, after you've poured addiction down your life, because you're in Christ, you can, there's a harvest of good things in you. But when you're stuck in the law, it says, no, there's not. No. With this is when we were controlled by our old nature, our sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. Now, all of us know that. What he's saying is, uh, it, well, I'll explain it to you because he talked about covenants. He says, but now we have been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. That's why we just sang this song. And I've heard people say, man, I, God, why do we sing that song over and over again? Spirit, you know, come in here, feel this atmosphere. It doesn't make sense to me. You should, you should pay attention to those words. It's a prayer. Holy Spirit, you're in me, so liven me up. Help me out. I need your help. You're in me. I need to be reminded that you need to feel, watch this, you need to feel the atmosphere when I go to my in-law's house and all they remind me is that they don't like me in a roundabout way. Isn't that what we do? Yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. When you know the eyes are saying it's not okay. Right? 
look, we've been released from that. It's this law, and, and people are tying, tying it to us. He says this, but well then, I, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Now remember, he's talking to people that are still living under the law. It's a whole different culture then. He says, of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. Paul said, I would never have known that coveting is wrong Well, if, if the law had not said, you must not covet. Look at this. It says, but sin used this, this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires, right, within me. If, if there were no law, sin would not have the power. So in other words, you know, we do that uh, again with our kids. We say, we say hey, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't you go in that room. And all of a sudden, what do you want to do? You want to go in the room, right? Don't you touch, you know, those of you who know Disney, don't, don't you touch that boat. I want to touch the boat. Yeah, don't you do this. Oh, why not? Let's try it, right? That's what the law did. The law goes, oh, oh. So what's this covetous about? And you didn't even know what it meant. And you read it and said, I think I'm going to like coveting things. Is it aroused? Look, it says, says, at one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of the sin came to life. There's something in that. There's something naturally in us. It's that sin nature that says, I want to be involved in that right? I, I want to try that out. It's like my old professor said one time, give us a definition of sin. I've told you that before. And we all went, we all gave these theological answers. And then he goes, no, here's the best definition of sin. Sin is fun. And we went, yeah, it is. When you go back and remember the time that you were involved in things that you go, I probably shouldn't have done that. You're probably smiling because you enjoyed it a little bit. But then you go, I shouldn't do it now. And then you put it on your child that they're going to do that because you did that, right? Because if I wanted to do it, they want to do it, which is not necessarily true. So you're chaining them down with the chains that you've been freed of. Anybody ever done that? Look. Says, uh, he said, and I died. So I discovered that this law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Look, sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. My nature deceived me, and it used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy. See what I'm talking about? You know why the law is holy? Because God made the law. So it is holy, and its commands are holy, and it's right and good. Guys, we should not covet. We, we shouldn't kill. It's not good to steal. You can go ahead and go for it, but jail could be in your future, you know, guilt. Look, but how can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death so we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. And that is what's going on in the American church today. And I do not want Carpenter's Way to fall for that stinking lie. You are free. Right? You are forgiven. You are not under wrath. Look. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritually and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human, and I become a slave to sin. Some of you are a slave to what your mothers say about you. That's not true. Some of you are a slave to what your fathers say about you. Some of you are a slave to what your, watch this, some of your supervisors or bosses say about you, and you actually believe them. Some of you are slaves to what somebody hurt you in the past. 
Some of you are slaves to pornography. Some of you are slaves to stealing. Some of you are slaves to lying. You think there's no way out. And so right now, what you should be thinking about is what you're slave to. And then you should not stay there. That's a chain. And look at the Lord and say, hey, God, I don't have to stay here, do I? He's going to go, nope, you're choosing to stay there. And say, I'm going to remember my chain, but I'm going to remember that you broke that chain. Look, the trouble is with me. I I don't really understand myself. Anybody ever been there? I don't understand myself. Look at that. This is so good. I don't understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Anybody ever been there? Oh, come on. Oh, my gosh. I remember being there as a kid, you know. I wanted that piece of gum, so I stole that piece of gum. I wanted that ice cream sandwich when I was camping, and I stole that ice cream sandwich. Yeah, and it was good. But, you know, God died for, my, for me stealing that ice cream sandwich and that gum, as small as it was. Look, he says, uh, I, I, I do what I want to do is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, that shows that I agree with the law is good. Look, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. You can never get away from it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. And I want to do what's right, but it seems like I can't. You ever been there? Why do I keep on saying that? Why do I keep on darting my eyes at them? Why do I, why am I keep on, why am I passive aggressive? Why do I keep on manipulating myself, manipulating myself, and manipulating other people? I want to do what's right, but I can't. It's like me and little Debbie's. I don't want to eat it, but they are good. Listen, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't, and I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is a sin living in me that does it. Look, it says, I have discovered this principle of life. This is a good one. That, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. He was saying, I love the law, but I just keep missing it. Look. It says this, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind, and this power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a a miserable, what a wretched man, what a wretched person I am, a miserable person I am. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Oh, here it is. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, man, I am a slave to it. You ready? So now, think of your condemnation. For your life choices did this to Christ Jesus. Although you belong to him, you should continue to feel guilt and shame for your sin. The weight of the guilt and shame make the power of the life-giving spirit far away and, and very inaccessible. Freedom from the power of sin and death is not a reality on earth. Just keep trying to be good. Now, does anybody know your Bible? Is that what it says? But this, and people say, oh, you, you messed with the word of God. He's going to kill you. No, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. I think God's happy with this. This is what we fall into. This is what's being taught from the pulpit. Feel condemned. That's, what, that's what's going to leave you to love God. No. 
No, remember, it's the kindness of God that leads men to what? Repentance. Repentance doesn't mean shame and guilt. In the world it does, but repentance in the Greek word means what? To just change your mind. But we've attached shame. Go look in the dictionary. We've attached shame and guilt to the, in the dictionary, but that's not what the Greek word means. So go ahead and feel condemned. And I love this one. This one. Freedom from the power of sin and death, it's not a reality, but it is. Because here's what it really says. Watch. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So when we remember the cross, when we remember at the Lord's Supper, we remember the chains we were broken from. But what Christ wants us to do is to go see what I did for you. And even when Paul taught it, he said this, that he said, I was told, we were taught that the body was broken for us. But then it says, remember the blood, what, which is the new covenant. That's what we remember. The new covenant. Christ loves us. Man, the church does a great job of guilting people, of making people feel bad, and I just will not be a part of that doctrine. Yes, we're sinners. Yes, we're, we, we make mistakes, but man, we can overcome those and we can't get beyond anything, and God can use us for a harvest of good things if we simply say, thank you for dying. I'm not gonna stay there. I'm gonna remember you. You told me to, when I drink this to remember the blood of your new covenant, so this is what I'm gonna remember, the new covenant that says I'm forgiven, that anything that I'm walking into sinfully, I can get out of through the Spirit working in me. But many of you are letting voices your own voice tell you to stay there. You're letting voices of other people saying, I'm not going to let you up from the past. So you can't let yourself up from the past. And God says, I want the past to be broken. I want you to be forgiven. Look, it says this, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. Here it is. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies of the, uh, we as sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So now you know you can overcome the, the sin of pornography. You can overcome the sin of unforgiving heart. You can overcome the sin of self-loathing. You can overcome the sins of the past that you've committed. You can overcome the sins of your parents. You can overcome, right? Because the Spirit of God lives. So next time you sing that song, just don't think, ah, oh, this song, it's just, remember, you're saying, Spirit of the living God, man, dwell in me, get in my atmosphere, help me out because I can't do this without you. I can't do it without you. And if you think you can, you may be good for a while, then you're gonna be miserable. Then you're gonna be good for a while, you're gonna be miserable. And only God makes life doable. Look, it says he did this, why? So that the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the spirit. And those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled, do you see the two different words? Dominated, controlled. Yeah, it means we allow that, the spirit to control us. But man, your sinful nature will dominate you big difference. Controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit of God. That's why you're going to go, I really, I really want to honk my horn and give them the adjective in a nonverbal way. But the Spirit of God controls me and I shall not do it. Yeah. Remember, I keep on telling you, that's why we don't have church stickers on our car. All right. 
Um, so here's this. It says this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind, look, leads to life and peace. Oh, you want some peace in your life? You want life to feel like it's worthwhile? Then pay attention to the Spirit. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. You say, well, how do I know if I have the Spirit of God living in me? me. Have you confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you confessed and said, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He died on a cross. Uh, They buried him on the third day. He rose again. And I confess that. I believe he's the only God in this world. That's the confession. And remember that those who do have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Listen, he says, and Christ lives within you. So even, even though your body will die because of your sin, oh, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. There will be many people that, that sin and do terrible things and go to prison, and they'll find grace behind the bars. But when they die, they'll be free as you and I. So that's not fair. That's not fair. Christ died for you too. It is very fair. Look, it says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit that's living within us. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. Look, no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. When people say, I can't help it, you are not obligated to not forgive. You are under no obligation Right? To fall into that sin. You can get beyond it because Christ is in you. Pat, it's so hard. Yes, it's difficult, but you are not obligated to stay in that state because Christ is in you. So when you say, I just don't know what to do, it's because you're not listening to the Spirit. The Spirit knows exactly what you need to do, and the Spirit of God knows you are not obligated to continue pornography. You're not obligated to continue to be unforgiving. You're not obligated, but listen, we feel like we are obligated to feel that way because that's what somebody says to us, right? You are not under their obligation. You are free. So don't let family members, friends condemn you. You're not obligated to that. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Stop it. You're not obligated. Yeah, they think, they think they control you, and some they do. It says, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if, if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, man, you're going to live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God... Oh, the children of God. Look, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive, some of you go to your houses and, or places and you're fearful going in and your anxiety goes up because you know what the intensity is going to be, right? I used to feel that way when I went home. I don't feel that way anymore. I walk in and I know who freed me, right? In fact, guys, here's the thing. I just quit walking in. Didn't want to be around it. God's spirit, when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him Abba, Daddy, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Look, and since we are his children, we are heirs. And in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in the glory, we must also share in the suffering. Yeah, we're going to have to suffer. But 
We know we're not under sin. You're not under grace. See where you are now. That's one of the words, to, the phrase to song. See where you are now. I want you to remember these two things. Christ asked me to remember his body that was broken at the cross. This is why I practice the Lord's Supper. But he also asked me to remember the new covenant that he gave through the shedding of his blood. This new covenant should also lead me to focus on the righteous life, righteousness, life, and peace and hope he gave to me. Here it is. Only focusing on the penalty of my sin and the suffering Christ experienced on the cross because of me can lead to a blinding guilt and shame that prevents me from seeing what he is doing and wants to do in my new covenant life now. Guilt and shame must never overcome my freedom in Christ. You know, I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to go. I uh, was at my grandson's house the other day, and uh, uh, we, he loves to root in the pillows. He's like almost two, and... And uh, he was rooting in the pillows, and there was a blanket up there. And I was going to pick the blanket and throw him over, and I couldn't even lift the blanket. It was one of these weighted blankets. Anybody have a weighted blanket? Who has a weighted blanket in here? Yeah, good for y'all. I'm not making fun of the weighted blanket. But I'm going to tell you, I picked that blanket up, and I went, oh, my gosh. And my wife said, He's, it's a weighted blanket. So just for fun, I threw it on top of him. He was like, oh. You couldn't even move. Now, if you never think, looked at a weighted blanket, you can come up and feel this one. It's unbelievable. Now, the thing about a weighted blanket, both my daughters have weighted blanket. It helps them. It's supposed to help with anxiety. At the end of a long day, you can put your weighted blanket on your right, or when you're stressed out, you put your weighted blanket on you. It makes you feel good. It's supposed to, like I said, help with anxiety, give you a calming effect, and just put that weight on you. Um, and, and I'm not making fun of it. You guys do that. There are, there are known, it's known to do that, okay? But here's the thing. They don't wear their weighted blanket to, to work. And they don't wear their weighted blanket, you know, everywhere they go. I mean, I can't wear the weighted blanket because I feel like it smothers me. But what happened if I just wore my weighted... <laughs> what if I wore my weighted blanket and said, I am so stressed right now, so guys, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to wear my weighted blanket while I preach. Y'all would sit there and go... That guy's got some problems. <laughs> he needs to read about anxiety. But the weighted blanket is, uh, I, I can't wear it because it's just too, it's hot. But you don't wear the weighted blanket everywhere. You do it when you need anxiety help. You do it when you need to calm down. You know, going to the cross is where we remember the weight. But some of us wear it weighty. We just... We wear it all the time. But here's the thing. The weighted blanket is not to make me uncomfortable. The weighted blanket is not to make me have a heavy burden. The weight of the cross should always lead to, I'm going to help you with your anxieties. I'm going to help you with your freedom. I'm going to calm your spirit down. But you don't wear it all the time, right? You remember your chain. And God says, remember what I did for you? And we go, yeah. And he goes, now I'm going to release your pain. I'm going to release your anxieties. And all of a sudden you wear it. It's not a weight. It's freedom. Okay? I'm taking this off. And that's what we need to do with our past, with our sin. That's what Christ did. So today or this week, I want you to stop and think about what's waiting you, what you've listened to. And I want you to understand 
If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are no longer under the wrath of God. You are under the grace and the mercy and the peace of God, which he, because he's in you, when sin looks you in the eye, it's like God's looking at that sin going, my spirit is not obligated to how you want me to feel because Christ died for me. You're free. So be free this week. Walk into a room and be free. Don't believe what people tell you. Don't believe that your past can't be. Don't believe. Are you you with me? Walk out free.